0: Welcome to the South Metro Ministries Podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. If you have your Bible and you'd like to go to the text, it's found in the book of Ruth, but I'll I'll hasten here. And I want out of the book of Ruth to, to talk about a mother who encountered unbearable sorrow. Who, like Michelle could be considered having come to the end of one's hope. And even though the the book is titled Ruth, it is not of Ruth that I desire to speak for these few moments, but it's about her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law, her name is Naomi. So this is Mother's Day, and uh, I don't know that we have a national day for (laughs) mother-in-law. And some of you are glad. Well, anyhow, we'll just, <laughs> we'll just call it mother and mother-in-law. So let me, with, within the, the context of a few minutes, uh, speak to you about the end is just the beginning. And begin by saying to you that the name Naomi means pleasant. The first chapter in this short book tells us that due to a famine in the land of Bethlehem, Judah, a man by the name of Elimelech with his wife Naomi and their two sons Mylon and Chilion, went to the country of Moab and remained there. In verses 3 through 5 of chapter 1 of Ruth, We're told what transpired after this family moved from Bethlehem, Judah, to Moab. What transpired in Naomi's life that brought her to, quote-unquote, the end. Ruth 1, 3 through 5 reads like this, Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. Both Mylon and Chilon also died. So the woman, meaning Naomi, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. In about 10 years of this wife and mother's life, Naomi, in less than 10 years, she lost her husband and her two sons. She was left with two daughter-in-laws with no means to provide for herself or her two daughter-in-laws, no grandchildren, and all of her hopes dashed. She decided there's not a future for me here in Moab because Moab was actually an enemy of the Israelites when they came into the promised land. Actually, her husband took his family in order to help them during time of famine, out of Bethlehem, Judah, the land that God had given them, to a cursed nation, an enemy of the people of God, in hopes that they would find help there. And while there, everything went wrong for Naomi. She decided to go home. In Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 it says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Now I don't know all the reasons why Naomi decided to go home, but it would not be difficult to make some valid assumptions. Why would she go back home? Hastily I, I will mention three of them. Number one she decided to go home to Bethlehem Judah because she felt like she was at the end of herself. Husband dead, sons dead, no grandchildren, no means of income, living in a strange land. So she told her daughter-in-laws, Ruth and Orpah, that their commitment to her as their mother-in-law was now over and they should remain in Moab, their homeland. She suggested to her daughters-in-law, this is where you were born. This is where your family lives. This is the environment you know. You'll have a future here. To go back with me is a strange land for you. You could stay here. Maybe you'll get married. Maybe God will bless you with a child or children. Maybe you can have a bright future, but going back with me is only the end and the Bible says about both of these girls daughter-in-laws Ruth and Oprah that they love their mother-in-law very much they were very fond of their mother-in-law something not quite so common in the US Uh, (laughs) and even though at first Naomi implored them to stay they wept on her shoulders and said we'll go with you please let us go but eventually opah decided to stay in moab and ruth decided to follow her mother-in-law back to bethlehem there's another reason why i believe that maybe naomi made a return to bethlehem is It's found in part B of verse 2. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people. Hear me now. I like the sound of those words. The Lord had visited his people. Please understand, I believe there are some of you in this house along with me that pray from time to time that once more the Lord would visit his people. Can I get another amen? Amen. I I believe, oh my Lord, if we ever need a national revival... I mean, after looking at the headline news this week from Cleveland, Ohio, and after looking at the condition of violence in America, the condition of our schools, the condition of our families, the condition, if you will, uh, of, of war on every hand and violence and terrorism and the condition of some churches, I believe that some of our prayers ought to be, God, will you not visit us one more time? If that's your prayer with me, would you put your hands together and say, even so, do it, Lord. I read where someone said that the Lord visits his people for one of two reasons. He visits number one to bless or he visits number two to judge. In this case with Naomi, when she heard that the Lord had visited his people back in Bethlehem, Judah, it's because he came to bless them. Which leads me to reason number three as to why I think she wanted to return home. And again, it's verse number six. For she heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe Naomi thought, since this is the end of me, I will go back among my people, have food to sustain me there, and wait out my days in grief. And so she thought, there's bread in Bethlehem. So there's sustenance there. But what it really also means is there's blessings in Bethlehem. Actually, the word Bethlehem means house of bread. Oh, somebody say amen. And so when she heard that God had blessed them, she thought, I'll go back. And I'm telling you this morning, I don't know whether or not you think you are at the end, but you are sitting in a house of bread right now. Somebody say amen. Because he is the bread of life. Put your hands together and give him thanks. Now if you look further, if you will, chapter 1, if your Bibles are open, verse 19, here's what her sentiments are as she returns and enters the city of Bethlehem. Ruth 1 and 19 Now the two of them, meaning Ruth and Naomi, mother and daughter-in-law, now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened that when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? The women was looking at this older woman coming into the city because Naomi had been gone for about 10 years and they're wondering, is this Naomi. But Naomi said to them in verse 20, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? Now if you're wondering why I think that she believes she's come to the end of the way, It's because of verse 20. You see it underlined. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Wouldn't that make you think you're at the end of your way? Can I get a witness here? Look at verse 21. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? And, And I... Use those words and note them because Naomi realizes that there's nobody to keep the family name going. Because in the ancient culture of the Jews, if a couple got married, the man brought into the marriage the family property that was passed on to him through their tribe then the man and the woman in marriage would have children and the male child would inherit the family's name and property and keep passing it on through the family for generations, keeping the property that God had given them in their tribe and in their family. Now, if for some reason, the couple that got married in the Jewish culture at that time, the man died... And there were no male sons to carry on his name from their union. Then the man's brother would marry his widow and thus produce a seed and an heir to keep the property and the name going. It's called a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer. Are you, are you following me here? Naomi comes back to Bethlehem and she's a widow now. There's no, no, no way for her name and a family property to continue on that she can see. And so she's at the end of her way. And with haste, I, I, I'm thinking that I'm talking to some people here this morning that if I asked you the question, have you ever felt like you were at the end of yourself? I think some of you would say, "Amen." If you hang around long enough and live long enough, you're going to run out of resources and you're going to run out of yourself and you're going to run out of not knowing what to do and and, and you're going to need some kind of redeemer. And I'm here to tell you that there is a redeemer and he says that the end is only the beginning if you learn to trust in him as Michelle has testified. Everybody help me praise God by faith. So I got some good news for you. And the news is you don't have to change your name Tamara, which means bitter. You don't have to change your name to anything else but the favor of God on your life by he giving you a new name that's written down in glory. And if he gives you a new name, it's because he doesn't desire to curse you, but to bless you. I, I, I want you to understand, if you're taking notes, I want you to understand this. While you may run out of you, you will never run out of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. I said while you may run out of your brains and your resources and your kind of looking for solutions, you will never run out of God. Because God can trade your ashes for beauty. God can take off your garment of heaviness. And put on you a garment of praise. God can change your weeping into laughter. Has he ever done it for anybody here? The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I hasten then. The story goes like this. Ruth, the daughter-in-law of Naomi... They're now in Bethlehem of Judah, and Ruth goes out to work in the field to provide some food and income for she and her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law, Naomi, is too old, unable to work in the field, bend over and pick up and do that all day in the heat of the sun. So Ruth says, I love my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law loves me. I'll go and work in the field as a common laborer, or if I'm not being able to get paid for it, I'll just go glean after those who get paid. So she goes out in a field, there are numerous fields, it's barley time, harvest times. She goes out in a field that's owned by a man named Boaz. And no sooner than she's out there and gleaning as the day goes on, what happens is the paid laborers, they go through and they get the best of the crop and they take it on for weight and measurement and profit. And then the poor folks and the commoners and others who are meager, and don't have much income they come up behind the paid harvesters and they gather all that's left over so they could have food that evening Ruth is one of those Boaz comes and he sees this girl and he says who's that girl? she's working hard she's working like a a paid laborer that's Ruth one of the informed people said to Boaz the owner of the field she is the daughter-in-law of Naomi well Naomi and Boaz have a commonality. Boaz is a distant relative to Naomi's deceased husband, Elimelech. Boaz sees Ruth and immediately she finds favor in his presence. And in chapter 2 verses 11 and 12, the Bible tells us that Boaz says to Ruth, It has been fully reported to me all you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you don't even know. You didn't know before. The Lord repay you for your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord of Israel under whose wings you shall find refuge. Boaz tells Ruth because you've been so good To my cousin's widow, I'm going to bless you. You gather all the grain you want. Even though you are a stranger. When my hired hand goes to the well at lunchtime and draw water from the well and pour it out in a bucket. You drink all you want to like a paid person. When lunchtime comes and they are coming together to sit down and dip from the common cup or the common bowl where they take their bread and dip into the olive oil mixture. You go right up there. I, he said, I have told my hired hands and I've told these male workers, the men who might harass you, leave her alone. Oh, I'm talking about the, the end is only the beginning. Boys, later on, Says to the workers while you're gleaning in this field and if you see Ruth following behind you, don't take all the crop. Drop some on purpose by, on the ground. Drop a lot of it on purpose because I'm going to bless her on purpose because she was faithful to a woman who thought she had come to her end. Can anybody hear me? Oh, you're not sitting here by accident. I know it's Mother's Day and and you're here in honor of your mother or somebody made you come or you just want to save your marriage. God bless you if that's the reason why you're here. But you're not here by accident. Did, did, Did anybody hear me? If you will let God bless you, God will bless you on purpose because He has a plan for your life. Your end is only God's beginning. And praise the Lord here Come on, come on Give the Lord praise Now The devil will kill you on purpose if he could Demons will attack you on purpose If God wasn't a shield about you If he could A lying spirit from the devil Will kind of, kind of falsify and ruin your character But no God will tell the Holy Ghost Bless them on purpose Because they're my child And the long and the short of is this. Ruth and Boaz, when Ruth went home and told her mother in law, Naomi, guess where I worked and guess who I found out is part of your family? Ruth told Naomi, Boaz, I worked in his field today. Naomi said she to, to Ruth, Boaz is part of our family. There's a very high likelihood that he could be a kinsman redeemer. So she instructed Ruth what to do. And long and short of it, God gave Ruth favor with Boaz and they got married. And in getting married, the Bible says that God blessed them with a child and that can be found in chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. And if you will on the screen, switch if you will and give me Ruth 4, verses 16 and 17. Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, marries Ruth, the Moabite. In their marriage union, a child is born. And that child, the Bible says, look at verse number 6. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Verse 17, also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, this is the name of the child. There is a son born to Naomi. She is now a grandmother. Can I get a witness somebody? <laughs> Did he have the hope of a child? Now she's a grandmother. Oh, there's something special about being grandparents. Can I get a witness, grandparents? I know it. We got one, and we got one on the way. You don't you don't get to see Jennifer and Edward very much. They live in Cumming, Georgia. But Jennifer and Edward, these are the other two of our children. And Jennifer, the oldest of our daughter, just stand just a moment. Let me show you off. The ones on the way, yeah, 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 the ones on the way. Can you, can you, <laughs> help me thank God. You know, there's just something special about being grandparents. It may be because grandparents and grandchildren have a common enemy. And that's the parents of the grandchildren and the child. And I'm trying to hurry to tell you that now the family name is going to be continued. And I close with these thoughts. Now, now the family, Ruth and Boaz married, they have children. And, and the Bible says, and I hasten too quickly away, but, but don't, don't worry about the slide. The Bible says, the son is born to Naomi. They call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. But it don't stop there. What Naomi thought was the end was only the beginning of the real Redeemer. You all didn't hear this bald-headed, handsome preacher. (laughs) You still looking? Because... Obed had a son named Jesse and Jesse had a son named David and David passed on the lim- lineage and out of the house and family of David in the tribe of Judah came the son of God who is Jesus Christ who is all of our Redeemer oh stand up everybody who is all everybody is redeemed come on put your hands together if you've been redeemed you've been redeemed you've been redeemed you've been redeemed, you've been redeemed. Oh thank you God That the end is only the beginning So remain standing I had more than this to tell you But this is where the Lord says Just stop Please get this Sometimes what we think is the end Is God calling us to trust him So that healing Can come out of a hurt Did you hear me? Sometimes, again, what we think is the end is God saying, fall back in my arms. I'll catch you like He did Michelle. Here's another thought I want you to get. I want you to learn with God that trust when life seems out of control, trust when life seems out of control, it is never out of God's control. You should clap there. I'm telling you. When you're, when you've come to the end of yourself, maybe the divorce is not the end. Maybe God has something of a new beginning for you. Maybe being laid off and losing your job is not the end. Maybe it's just the beginning of you being more than just a low-waged employee. Maybe he's going to work you up the rung and the ladder, and you go into management. Next thing, a uh, higher management. Next thing you know, you're opening your own company. Maybe, maybe the loss of that job is to push you out of nest. Give me a witness. Maybe that foreclosure or bankruptcy is really not the end. Maybe that affliction you're suffering in your body is just another way for you to share a testimony that, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil, for God is with me. And I got one more thought before we pray. Failure is not falling down. Failure is staying down. I think you heard me. Yeah. That's it. Everybody can fall down at some time or the other. Your eyes wide open figuratively speaking you can run into a brick wall of trouble with your eyes wide open one day the sun is shining the next day a tornado has destroyed everything I don't wish that for none of you but I'm telling you you don't have to live in the rubbles you don't have to live in the ruins you don't have to dig a hole and pull the dirt over your head and say I've failed I'm down and I'm down and out no failure is not falling down failure is staying down bow your heads please and the prayer team will come reverentially even now as your heads are bowed and I'm going to pray with you and allow them if you desire to pray for you But every head bowed and every eye closed it's mother's day it could be a new beginning for you if you need one I'm speaking to people with heads bowed and eyes closed who need a redeemer you've tried to fix it yourself and when you fell, you went back into some lifestyles that God had brought you out of. Some here this morning and looking for a solution other than God. Have gone back into an addiction, a lifestyle, a habit. The abuse of drugs or alcohol or sexual promiscuity. And you only dig in a deeper hole and the Lord says, I want to pull you out. I'm your redeemer. There's some of you here this morning, you need to find favor like Ruth found favor with a stranger, Boaz, but it was really God who planned that. You see, the price of your redemption has already been paid. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. He doesn't want to curse you. He wants to bless you. And He doesn't just want to bless you. God wants to bless you on purpose, but you got to be on purpose about obeying Him. So my prayer for you this morning, if I've addressed you, I need a redeemer. Nobody else looking, and I'm trying to hurry. Lift your hand if that's you. I need a redeemer. I need a redeemer. You may put it down. Okay, your head's bowed and eyes closed still. Pastor, I'm saved and I know it, but I feel like I'm at the end of my way. I need a new beginning. Pastor, I'm saved and I know it, but... But I feel like Naomi. I feel like my name should be changed from pleasant to bitter. I don't want to live that way. I want God to give me a new beginning and I want Him to increase my faith and my joy. I need a miracle today. If that's you, raise your hands. Thank you. You may put them down. Everybody repeat loudly after me. Everybody. Lord Jesus. On this Mother's Day, I thank you that you are to me Mother Father, and everything I need. But more importantly, you are my Redeemer. Say it loud, church. You are my Redeemer. Today, I confess that I need a Redeemer. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Those I did deliberately and those that I committed that I am not aware of. Wash me again by your cleansing blood. Write my name in your book of life. Because, Lord, I want to be blessed on purpose. By faith, I call you, Lord, Redeemer, Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.